I apologized in that letter. For missing the plane? Yeah, I said I was sorry. Missing that plane, Mr. Reston, was unacceptable behavior for a member of this team. So was your getting drunk. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of things about you that are unacceptable. What more can I say than I'm sorry? I apologize, that's not enough. Uh, I'm not free to make mistakes. I'm not free to say I'm sorry. Coach, I, I guess I just don't understand what makes a guy like you tick. You know, it's not your job to find out what makes me tick. Your job is to play volleyball as best you can on a team, incidentally, that could be the best in the world. You have different ideas. I think what we have here, Mr. Reston, is two different notions of freedom, yours and mine. You know, you and uh, a lot of guys like you don't have the beginning of an understanding what freedom means. I don't think you understand personally your responsibility to your freedom. Freedom is not the right to act indiscriminately any old way you choose, Mr. Reston. We do not bend your arm, put a gun to your head, or force you to play ball with us. As long as you remain a member of this team, you would hear and you will respond to the standards set by this team. Is that clear? You're an incredible ball player, and potentially, I repeat, potentially might be an asset to this team. I see. But uh, you think putting me through a week of coach-on-one will make me acceptable? No. I believe it presents an opportunity for you to shape up, if you had the guts. The way I see it, coach, you're looking for an ass to kick around, and you think you found one. Well, that's your humble opinion, isn't it, Mr. Reston? But as long as you're a member of this team, the rules are mine, not yours. Tell you what, coach, I don't like your opinions. And I don't like your rules. I don't like them, and I don't need them. So I'm going to exercise that freedom you were talking about. As of today, I quit. It does not surprise me, Mr. Reston. Welcome to They Called This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called This a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called This a Movie. This is Anthony Davecki and with me as always is Dan Aquino. Say hello, Dan. Hey, friends. Yeah, well, right now, Mark would be doing his bit that he planned out before and not told us but this week he is not here he's got other things that he felt were more important to than uh joining the podcast this week but we do have a guest this week dan you want to introduce our guest this week absolutely thank you very much uh ant and uh so we are joined by a very good friend of mine and he is the muse for my picks on this podcast most of the time and i'm kind of nervous to have him on the show because i like bad movies but i i only watch them for this podcast mostly our guest revels in this and he i feel like he's just gonna really outdo me so i'm kind of nervous <laughs> right now but uh i would like to introduce to you uh my good friend guy hello how's it going everyone 
Yes. Okay. Uh, everything that Dan just told you is 100% true. I love bad movies. Uh, when we get to what I've watched this week, it's going to be interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that you didn't have anything to plug, but I want to ask you, what is your favorite bad movie? What's your go-to bad movie? Hmm. I guess this my favorite one is the one that started it all. The movie where I realized, oh, I don't like quality. I like garbage. Is undefeatable. Uh, story starring Cynthia Rock Rock, and it is just perfect. It's bad acting, over the top directing. Like it's marvelous. If you haven't seen that movie, go right now. Stop this podcast. Go watch that. <laughs> then join us again. We don't talk about that movie yet after this point. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because we we have one of her movies coming up, I believe, Ant. Yep, Rage and Honor. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I had to watch that movie now. <laughs> yeah, we have not touched a Cynthia Rothrock movie yet. We've done uh, Martial Law 2, which uh, doesn't have her. Right, but I think she's in the first one. I think she's I've in seen the first that one. one, and I think she's in the third one. But um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I forget the name. Jeff Wincoat, I believe, was the name of the guy. And it was Mission of Justice, I believe, was the actual. It was like Mission of Justice, Martial Law 2, if I'm not mistaken. Was it it that they couldn't afford her for the second movie? And then they realized, oh, this franchise is in trouble. We really have to bring her back. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Or uh, or it could have been the third one. Let me I'm going to do a quick quick search. you see what I'm talking about here, right, Ant? Like my my job here is is very much in jeopardy because. (laughs) Because guy knows his stuff, and yeah, I mean, we already kicked off Mark just for right. Just for I, it's, it's funny because I was thinking of uh, of doing a bit myself, like, oh, you know, Mark's not going to be here, so we're testing out his replacement. But in reality, I'm bringing in my replacement. <laughs> yeah. I'm being Wally pipped here. <laughs> I actually can't confirm that Mission of Justice was a martial law movie, but for some reason, it sticks in my head that it was. It probably was. It, it yeah. It, in, in Italy, it'll definitely be part two. They always like redo the sequels, unofficial yeah. sequels, as part two of something else. Yeah, I think she was in part two. This might have been Martial Law three, though. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. So she did two movies, and then she was like, "I'm out of here." Uh, but yeah, as uh, you mentioned, we always start this podcast with what we watched this week. So, what did you watch this week? Okay, so um, this week I started the week strong by watching a movie called Bad Johnson. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with it, it's about a man who's very sexist and uh, he's basically controlled by his penis. And one day he wakes up and his penis is gone and his penis becomes a new person. And this was a really bad movie, but bad in a different way in the sense that none of the jokes worked and it was just too long and boring. So I don't recommend it. I know you were excited after that description to go see that. (laughs) Another thing that I watched this week was a show that I never knew existed. Uh, uh, It was called Van Pyres. That's V-A-N Pyres. About uh, teens that become, that transform into cars and fight vampire cars. And this was done in the 90s, and it's half live action, half 3D, and that peak 90s television 3D, so it's seamless. It's just it's just quality from end to end. So those are the two things I've watched this week. Oh, yeah. I'm looking up pictures right now. It looks like Reboot. Yes, yes. It, it, is that not basically Transformers fighting vampires? Oh, oh it's very much a ripoff of Transformers. There, there is a line about they transform, the cars transform into vampires. 
and uh, the kids are helped by Van Helsing, one of the characters, and it's just car puns from end to end. You said Van Helsing, right? Yes, like, Van okay. Helsing. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. A an <laughs> a hippie, an American hippie with an English accent. Yes. Oh, played by Peter Cushing. Uh, sadly, no. I think oh, he had damn. long passed by that point. <laughs> In his I last know. role ever. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture that says. So it's it looks like it's Van Heel Singh. So it's H E apostrophe L L space C S I N G Singh mm-hmm. as himself. And Van Helsing as himself. And all episodes are on YouTube if you want to go watch it. It's very interesting. Yeah, this is something I've never heard of, but uh, very yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, guy, I'm telling you, guy is just a, a wealth of yeah. these this this type of knowledge. I'm I'm curious where this where this aired. <laughs> I looked I looked up like some of the producers, and it's just clearly a scam. I don't I like it's alleged, but like they were ripping off money because they like allowed them to only produce that show. Like everybody's just associated with just that show and knowing how television works, you just don't do one show. That's that's very hard to just have right. a show to your credit and that's it with several episodes to it. So it was a scam and I don't know for what. Yeah. Uh, portions of its soundtrack written and performed by John Entwistle of the band The Who. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, was <laughs> he? Like, the real Wait. Who? Yeah. Wow. Could he be the guy who played Van Helsing? Oh, man. Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> what a uh, it's, the the Wikipedia says unknown as the character oh. is credited as playing himself. Ah, uh, so maybe it is him. I it uh. could be. Yeah, right. He's he's pulling a uh, like Michael Jackson in The Simpsons, right? Yeah, there was thirteen episodes. Had a total budget of five point two million dollars. That that there there you go. That's the scam right there. And and this it, came out in the nineties. Yeah. In 2000, wow. the John Entwistle band released music from Vampires as an official album and soundtrack for the series. John Entwistle's last solo album for his death two years later. Oh, man. Is there a vinyl of this? <laughs> <laughs> Ant's going to go digging. Mm, I need to find that out. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a, a message on like Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning and you're you're going to have the vinyl for uh for vampires i'm looking it up right now but while i do that dan what did you watch this week i'm so glad i know of this now (laughs) uh i watched uh, a couple shows on netflix i watched the sea beast Uh, i saw some people talking about it on twitter and you know kids movie but I'll, i'll save you the the watch if you've seen how to train your dragon it's essentially the same thing but with sea monsters in lieu of dragons so there you go. If you like that, go check out Sea Beast. Uh, and then I also watched uh, the whole season of Resident Evil on Netflix. Uh, Why'd you I, say it like we might not have ever heard of it? What's that? Resident Evil? Resident Evil. You're like, uh, I watched the series Resident Evil. I don't know if you guys heard of I don't of know if you before. guys have heard about this uh, this uh, series, Resident Evil. It's pretty big. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't mean to do it in that cadence, I guess. Uh, it, it's not very good is uh, unfortunately and i know we covered the movie recently uh welcome to raccoon city and what was yeah, that was that uh, what'd I'm you sorry. say did i cut off no i uh raccoon city oh uh god damn it you know <laughs> they actually and i'm not bullshitting you here uh one of the characters one of the main villains does refer 
to uh, Raccoon City as Raccoon City. So <laughs> I, I don't want to admit that, but it's true. So I guess egg on my face for and, and if for our uh, friends out there, you go back to that episode where I give Anthony some shit for calling it Raccoon City. And, I, <laughs> you know, once again. Um, but, yeah, it's I know a lot of people were complaining about the whole, uh, you know, Wesker is being played by uh, Lance Reddick, who does a great job because he's just phenomenal. And you put him in anything, he's going to be great. Uh, that's not that's the furthest issue with this series. It's just it really has nothing to do with Resident Evil. Uh, it's more of a teen drama and it's it's very poorly written. Action is very, very disjointed. It's not it's just for some reason they Hollywood cannot get resident evil down pat it's it's a there's eight games to choose from and they feel as if they need to go their own separate way with it 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 just it's poorly written i would not recommend it but you know if if you are interested in zombie movies or zombie shows then i guess you have to check it out but i'm interested in crap so maybe i will check this out yeah and and you know what you know what i don't know why every zombie show or movie does this but there's always that big reveal that it's humans that are the real monsters not the zombies and it's a very tired trope in this um in this genre you know uh dating back to uh night of the living dead uh and we can't seem to shake it for whatever reason as a society i wish they would just cut that out like there's there's no sense of dread in this show i i don't know anthony i know you said you've played uh two and three a long time ago mm-hmm. but uh guy i i'm not sure if we talked about it have you ever played any of the games oh i am not i have not played any games like okay. i my parents were cheap uh haitian people so they stopped at super nintendo and i never progressed after that well, it's not a bad place to stop really no I, I think i hit the peak of quality right there i think you're right donkey mm-hmm. kong country i love it yes uh but the, playing resident evil survival horror you're supposed to have that sense of impending doom wherever you go through a door or around a corner. You don't know what's waiting for you. You don't really get that sense of that feeling in this show. And there, there's a ton of plot armor for the main character. Uh, and the main characters are not very likable people. I mean, the, the one character, um, the main protagonist, anyone she comes into contact with dies immediately. And she gets them killed mostly because she she is self uh, selfish so you, it's hard to root for her when she's actively killing people so you can't really root for that character but and it, it, i i hate to say it but i feel as if resident evil welcome to raccoon city is the better product and that's a terrible product interesting wow. yeah and and that's all for me that's my rant i i'm done okay as for me, and before I get into it, I just want to say the John Entwistle Band music from Vampires only released on CD, not vinyl. Uh, and I learned that on Discogs, thanks to contributor Magnolia Thunderpussy, helped me solve that <laughs> that oh, mystery. So there you go. Now, can can our call to arms be to get this released on vinyl, you think? Yeah. Right. If anybody is listening to this uh, from Pulsar Records, uh, you have at least one person that would purchase 
the music from Vampires. You know what? I will join you in that. You there you go. People. Two right here. Power numbers. Two out of three. That's 66% of the market. Pretty good. Yeah. If you extrapolate that over 400 million people in the U.S., that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, is there a... Um, oh, it was a TV show, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I was going to say, can you check the box office numbers? But there's <laughs> nothing. Because if the box office numbers were low, then that you, you know, you you would probably be helping them out a great deal. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, for what I watched this week, I watched on Hulu the Bob's Burgers movie. Bob's Burgers movie. Yes. Um, it's like a really long episode of Bob's Burgers. I don't know if either of you guys are fans of the show. It, I like it. I'm not like I'm like a very casual fan of it. I've I think I've watched it through once when it was streaming somewhere. I enjoy it. Um, it was good. I liked it. Um, I've never watched level. Bob's Burger. Oh, I'm on the same level as you, and I'm uh, I love it, but I'm a casual fan. Like I haven't seen any new stuff, but I'll probably binge all the newer episodes at one go and then not watch it again. And yeah, come back to it. I love it. Yeah, it's a really good show, but it's just like. <laughs> Uh, in terms of where it moves the needle for for me of like all time shows and all time like animated like uh, it's such an afterthought but it's uh, every time I watch it it's enjoyable as hell um, and then the only other thing I watched the wife and I went to the theaters um, to watch where the crawdads sing which was her choice her pick because uh, she read the book it's like one of these like Oprah's book club Reese Witherspoon's book club type of novels you know where um so it's kind of chick lit but it wasn't a bad time um the one thing that i was i kept thinking throughout the entire movie was um so this whole the whole movie revolves around this girl that kind of like raises herself after basically her entire family leaves one after the other in like the marshes of north carolina she's like from the age of 12 to when she becomes a grown woman she fends for herself and it's like the entire town is like really mean to her like the whole time because she's the marsh girls what they call her but like she grows up to be hot so it's like uh, this because immediately stops becoming an issue like as when by the time you you know turn 18 you like nobody cares anymore because you're hot so it was one of those things where it's like mm, suspension of disbelief is not working here but uh it got like terrible rotten tomato score we got around the 30s but it was fine you know it's no worse than any of those other like Nicholas Sparks stories, which are an hour and 40 minutes and barely waste your time. You know, it was fine. Supposedly, supposedly it was pretty true to the book. So if you've liked that book, if you read it, it's pretty true to the book. So David Strait yeah. Aaron shows up as a lawyer in it. Always good seeing him show up. So yeah. Now, and I actually saw the trailer for this because I actually went uh, two weeks ago to finally see uh, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at the trailer, and I was hoping, but it never happened. I'm, and hopefully, this doesn't spoil anything. But hopefully, the movie does swamp t- uh, swamp thing appear at, at any point. You know, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, so you'd be surprised. All right. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. I will go buy tickets, and hopefully, I will see swamp thing in this movie. Yes, maybe you will, and maybe you will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. Nice scenery, North Carolina, and yeah, doesn't waste too much of your time. You know, if you're into that sort of movie, watch it. If if you know the sort of movie that I'm talking about and you don't like those, I wouldn't waste your time. But decent date night movie is basically that's it. That's all I watched this week, I think. Yeah, it's about right. So 
we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be back in a second and welcome back now it's time to get into this week's movie and this week guy specifically picked this movie so we could come on and talk about it so guy why don't you introduce this week's movie okay so i picked this movie for you guys as sort of a thank you for introducing me to the fabulous movie rad and it's a similar tone because i'm not a big sports fan but i do like one specific kind of sports movie where it's a low-level sport that everybody takes way too seriously and this one is about volleyball uh uh volleyball uh two volleyball players who want to go to the olympics and a coach who is very very angry and basically it's all about the coach that's that's all it is about a coach who really wants to take his frustrations out in the world that he hates on these kids playing volleyball. And that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie. Gotcha. Uh, so the name of the movie is Spiker. You didn't. Yes. You didn't oh, just... yes. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my it's God. Okay. I, I, I'm going to I'm not going to get the Dan job. Uh, <laughs> nope. yes. The movie is Spiker. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a bone to pick with you on this one, guy. Okay. Because I remember when we were talking about it and, and mm-hmm. you mentioned, you showed me the uh, uh, a clip of it. Yes. And you're, we were talking about how you, you kind of get that feeling that this movie wants to give that the coach is a mm-hmm. total hard ass. And, right. you know, it, it's mm-hmm. basically he's Mickey to the U.S. These two volleyball players, Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. Would I go so far... As to say, this movie wants you to think he's J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yes. That's a good comparison, too. Yeah, for sure. But I never got that feeling from this oh, movie. He's, uh, honestly, he's a nice, he's right. No, I, yeah. I, honestly, I, he, like, I, I, we watched this, and I, I thought this the same t- uh, way. First time, the main scene, and we'll get to that scene where he's over the top, and that scene is just like, he's really doing nothing still. See? <laughs> <laughs> but... But he's 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 the hero of this movie. Like yeah. like nothing everything he says is right. His overreactions are pretty basic. Like like you don't turn up with some hookers at a dinner. Like <laughs> yeah. he's got like two <laughs> he's got two rules. Show up on time yeah. and not with hookers. And, yeah. and Sonny can't do either of them. Yeah. I, I, and he's painting this bad guy for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's yeah, you, I'm I'm jumping ahead here, but mm-hmm. it, that that big scene that you're talking about, where one of the main characters is really like giving it to the coach, like you you ride us, you mm-hmm. you do this to us, you you don't even care about us. We haven't seen you guys interact for more than two seconds in a scene. Yeah, how am I supposed to get this uh like the emotional weight when first of all you guys act like total pricks that all the players act like pricks. And the coach just wants you to play volleyball. Yeah. Well, I, I've i never, I, I, this is, I'm going to, spoiler, this is the first volleyball movie I've ever seen. But I've never seen a volleyball movie so disinterested in volleyball. Well, that's because it's volleyball. It's like, <laughs> play, play on the beach. It's not that exciting. Of a sport. And don't, I'll, don't tell and my I wife say, that. I will say, the one time we get to see volleyball, it's excruciating. <laughs> yeah, it's they, not, they, they play... They show the entire match. And they show Poland just like running the floor with them. Oh, and my favorite thing about the Poland, it's very like you could tell it's a Cold War because they have picked the ugliest people to be on the Polish team. 
I had written down the Polish team is consisting of 40 to 50 year old men. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's insane. And it, there's such a tonal shift twice in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I, I was saying before we started recording, this movie really keeps you guessing. Like, it, it goes from being a volleyball movie to uh, a survival movie when they're in the fucking Alps or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns into like an espionage movie at the end. Yes. I don't, what were they thinking with all of these twists and turns that have nothing to do with volleyball? Yeah. And then one of the characters we thought was going to be a main character, it just disappears <laughs> in the second half. Yeah. He's gone. Gone. He's gone. It, and they set it up for, you know, all right, this guy's leaving. He's 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 a total fuck up. He's leaving. He's going to he's going to have that big comeback where someone gets someone on the team gets hurt or they realize or he realizes that he was in the wrong and he's going to come back and he's going to help them win the gold. Nope, he's gone. You, you yeah, see him, he's you out see of him here. just kind of like hanging by the pool and that's it. Yeah, we see him like he there's no moment of reckoning for him cuz he just goes <laughs> home joins the professional volleyball tournament and just like gets double teamed by sisters. I think that's what we're led to believe. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully I don't insult any professional volleyball players in your audience, but I, I have a theory that if you are a professional volleyball player, you get your income from your OnlyFans account. And that explains. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. That explains his lifestyle after the point. Sonny yeah. was a trailblazer, is what you're saying. I, I think so. It, it, it's, it, there's another movie that should have been made that we never got to see. I, I think <laughs> this was essentially uh, a day in the life in a, a movie where the director or the writers had three different movies and just said, let's just throw it all together and, and make a volleyball movie. <laughs> yeah. But there, like the there is... Oh, I was going to say, there is one consistency, uh, consistency throughout the entire movie, and I don't know if anybody, of you, any one of you noticed, but I, I swear to God that this movie was funded by an ice cream company, because <laughs> ice cream is like in almost every scene, and it's the hero of the film at the end of the day. Ice cream yeah. it saves the day. There is a lot of ice cream, and I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, the, we obviously, when they're in Poland, they go to the ice cream place. That was obvious, and then the yep. whole... Um, smuggling documents um, mm -hmm. out of Poland, which I thought we were going to have like a Brittany Griner situation where <laughs> Ketch, Ketch was going to get stuck in Cold War Poland uh, gulag. Um, <laughs> Real quick. Then, quick. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The, that whole scene where Catch uh, is being uh, one of the main characters, Catch, uh, is being interrogated by the Polish police and the team doesn't seem to really care they're not phased by it they're like oh where's catch oh no he's he's being questioned by the police in a yeah. uh, <laughs> in a different country where we might yeah. leave without him yeah and then the ice cream as the ice cream also comes back there's a scene in pam's apartment where catch is really upset of like the whole the whole fun okay so there's a scene where sunny gets punished for taking his sweet ass time getting wrapped at practice and this is like where we're supposed to think that the the coach is like super uh super hard ass where he just keeps throwing balls and hitting balls at sunny that he has to return and it's such a dramatic scene My but it's like <laughs> but it's also like 
it doesn't seem that bad. Like it, no. it seems difficult. Obviously, it seems like a tough, uh, you know, training exercise. But uh, it's super over dramatic. Oh. Um, and then catch immediately after that goes to Pam's and just like very aggressively starts to stir a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> you you know what talks. that scene reminded me of? Uh, have you gentlemen seen Miracle? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. it's been a while. So, so guy in in Miracle, it's it's the story of the uh, men's Olympic hockey team that beat the Soviets, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where I, I guess the, the the team gets like humiliated, and Kurt Russell, the coach, has the team doing wind sprints, basically up and down the ice, and as a form of punishment. So like that, it, it sets up like there's an emotional weight to that scene, right? All right. This was just, you know, uh, Sonny's being a prima donna and he's being partially punished. It's not even that bad of a punishment. Honestly. I, I, I think as like in in like high school, I probably had worse punish, punishments than he did. Yeah, I, I, I don't even think I got my, my takeaway from that scene was that Sonny is really out of shape because he looks dehydrated. I'm like, just, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like five minutes in. You, you, you do this for a living. <laughs> Should you be able to handle this? Yeah, he can't yeah, do he's... shit. He can't do the uh, the Russian Russian leaper. That thing kicked <laughs> his ass. Yeah, and there's also there's another there's a, so many storylines in this. It's kind of hard to keep track. There's a team member Newt who's really good, and you know he wants to be an Olympic athlete, or he is an Olympic athlete. And I don't think he... they've ever gone to the Olympics. Okay, so he wants to be. He's aspiring to be an Olympic athlete. Yeah. And his wife just will not get off his ass about it. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's older. Dad. He's 33. And he's been doing this for six years. And basically, they've put their lives on hold for him to chase this dream is essentially what this whole storyline is. Uh, and listen, I, I I kind of understand, but I, I'm siding with Newt on this. Oh, I am 100% on Newt's side. I'm yeah, like, she's, she's a little dramatic. <laughs> and like she gets... Like, she gets really upset when they go to Japan. Like, they haven't talked about it. Right. Yeah. You know this is what happens when I when you try out for certain things. You go to different countries. You play in different countries. Come on, man. You, you have to be supportive of this person's dream to be an Olympic athlete. Yeah. It, well, it's it's that, not something out of left field. Well, that's that's my point. Like, did you not talk before you got married? Like, what your goals yeah. were? What your plans were? <laughs> Like, right. You have to know what you're getting into. The reasonable thing would have been for her to say is like, okay, this is, this is the last shot. You know, you're 33. You've been doing this for six years. This is your last shot to make the Olympics. If it doesn't happen this time, now we have to really consider ending this, this career of yours and, you know, being serious about moving out of this apartment, starting a family, not like two weeks before the Olympic trials or whatever is like, well, aren't you going to quit this team yet? (laughs) <laughs> and then serving up serving up divorce papers when Ooh, they're on their cold. when yeah. they're on their way to the Olympics. That was cold blooded. That is ridiculous. I, I just most of the time in sports movies, I'm going to side with the athlete because it's it's usually it, it's a um it's an uh, it's a guy who's down on their luck, and the usually the 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 wife or the girlfriend is wants them to get out of that sport because they could get hurt or, you know, X, Y, or Z. And, you know, Rocky, 
uh, Cinderella Man, most most dramatic sports movies, right? Mm-hmm. I, have you ever sided with the wife or the girlfriend? Mm, probably not. You can't, no. right? Because it, it's like, this is your dream. Well, don't do it. Don't don't follow your dreams. How can you back that up? Yeah, I guess there is a point where, though, like if he doesn't make it this time, it's like, okay, well, you've tried to achieve that dream. Yeah. And it hasn't happened. So, And, and in I, her defense, his dream is volleyball, which is just yeah. going to leave an OnlyFan account. So... Maybe she is right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just hope. Like, yeah, it, it that is like it's volleyball. At the end yeah. of the day, that's what it comes down to. It's like you're trying to make the Olympic team for volleyball, right? <laughs> it, it, I agree. It's not like he's trying to make the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, MLB, and so on and so forth, or even a, a, a worthwhile, I guess, Olympic sport. His dream is to be to get a gold medal as an amateur. Yes, basically. And then maybe he could pro- progress to making $18,000 a year in the professional circuit. I don't know what kind of money gets thrown around How professional volleyballers in 1985, but I can't imagine, can't imagine it's sniffing six figure. Well, how how you know, crazy is it that the person who winds up winning this movie is Sonny, the fuck up and quitter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know where that I don't know where that moral compass is, but that's one hundred percent what happens. Because we have totally no idea what happens. We have yeah. no idea what happens in the Olympics. I'm assuming yeah, we don't they don't win. They win. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, I honestly feel that they all lose. They were terrible volleyball players. Right. Yeah, they weren't very good. Be, and but you don't see you don't see them spending a whole lot of time playing volleyball. So how are we supposed to know if they're any good or not? Yeah. They get one game. We only see that one game and we just we montage through everything else and it's very stylized at the end. Yeah. Oh, terrible ending. <laughs> I I was getting confused because I'm sitting there, I'm waiting, you know, when are they going to go to the Olympics? When's this going to happen? And then with 13 minutes left in the movie, the coach issues their first cut. Wait, hold on. You're, you're just now cutting a player with 13 minutes left in the movie. We're not getting yeah. to the Olympics, are we? <laughs> And poor dummy Steve. Steve was introduced to us in the first 10 minutes of this movie like he was going to be a main character. And then he just disappears into the background for most of the movie, coming up on the hike just so we can remind him that he's there. I completely forgot who he was when he came back. I was like, who's this guy? Was he the doctor? Yes, he he was was the the doctor. doctor, Oh, my God. Why would he? (laughs) Why would the writers decide to cut him? There's there's a whole scene where he's talking about how this is a huge yeah like this is a big uh, a big leap he's leaving medical school to do this yeah oh I didn't realize that that makes it so much worse <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird to introduce him as like because he's the only other we get like three introductions we get Sonny we get Catch and we get Steve and the first two are main characters at least through most of it and then. Steve. Steve's there too. <laughs> right. And yeah, featuring Steve. Yeah. And yeah, then it's right. like and then he he has a speech about it about, you know, how he gave a medical school for this on the hike as if it to just say, "Hey, don't forget about Steve. Remember we introduced him 50 minutes ago? He'll come I, back I, and play an important role." I but think, he doesn't. I think the main problem I had with this and and you guys can chime in and l- let me know if maybe I missed something, but we know nothing outside of that these guys play volleyball we know nothing about sunny or catch 
right? We don't know if they they live in like poverty or the lap of luxury. We don't know if their parents died. We we don't have any connection. So when Sonny leaves, we're like, oh man, like he's giving up on his dream or we don't we don't know what he's going back to. He could be going back to, and and we find out that he does go back to just pounding strange, you know? It's just like like yeah, we were introduced to Sonny banging some woman and then he quits and he's fine. He's he goes back to doing more of that. Yeah. So how so, are we supposed to feel for any of them? Yeah, so okay. what do we know about any of them? So we know we know Ketch went to college and that's where he got onto this this team. And he was majoring in political science and he has a political science background and that the last time that him and Pam were together, like he was just kind of like putting off those wants and dreams of his of doing something with political science. Sonny's just a beach bum that he's got a pretty good life. I got to be honest with you. If you're if you have low aspirations of like don't wake up at 11 and some strange girl's bed, roll out, walk over to the beach, play some beach volleyball then fall back into some other strange girl's bed. It's not a bad life for Sonny. I feel like being on the team was, was the distraction for him. You know, his, what he needed to do was just rail some strange in San Diego. That was his, that was his calling or, or stay in Japan with the, with the, the hookers. Yeah. Yeah. Look, how great would it have been if like, all right, Sonny, listen, man, we're, we're getting ready to go back. I'm staying with the hookers. You, you guys leave. <laughs> Place is great, man. I'm never they, going back. They love us here. Why would any of us leave? We are gods. Uh, he is leaving San, San Diego, though. And like that weather is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. You're Because you're right. I mean, he, he wakes up at 11 o'clock next to some woman who he probably met the night before. Rolls out oh, of yeah, bed. He has to. He checks the phone to see the phone number. That's right. And he writes, he writes it down. It down. Yeah, so he he rolls out of bed and he's right on the beach. Yep, <laughs> like, that's yeah. perfect timing. And it's like a celebrity walked onto that beach. He just gets hounded oh, by chicks. Yeah, yeah. He, him and Catch, right? They show up and like, oh hey guys, like they're here. The party can start. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock. Let's do it. Yeah, it's pretty good life for a volleyball player, I suppose. Right. Well, guy seems to be in touch with the volleyball. He has oh. his finger on the pulse here. Oh, it's it's one hundred percent accurate. This is the most accurate volleyball movie I've ever seen. Because you know how <laughs> none of them have a personality. That's the same thing as volleyball players. <laughs> uh, are are they just robots? <laughs> robots. Just tall robots. Yeah, tall I, robots. Yeah. I can I confirm. Think... I I'm married to a a tall robot. There you go. That's how you know. That's how you know who was hired as like an actor and who was hired for their volleyball skills of just how tall they are. Their height. Yeah. Because yeah. catch is like five, six, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He would have been libero, I guess. And he can't serve worth a damn. No, God. he serves like he, like I served in high school. The high school serve. If I ever saw one, by the yeah. way, when did Go you realize his name was catch? That was his actual name. I had no take... clue what his name was until the third act. Because my second, my second viewing. Yeah, because that's that's the thing I wrote. If you have a sports movie and you name your main character Catch, an action that's usually involved in sports, you need to clarify that, that character's name is Catch. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the first scene where we actually get a glimpse of Catch's name is when Newt introduces himself 
But Newt is the one who says catch, not catch. Newt says, hi, Newt Cunningham. Catch? As in, you catch what my name is? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's... And we we are left with... So the, uh, Sonny leaves. He quits. Mm-hmm. Steve is cut. And then we're rooting for a guy who just wants to leave because it's a little hard. Yeah. that's our. He, those are our main protagonists. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. It, Coach it's, it's, is so mean. <laughs> that's essentially what it is. Like, he, he really rides us. And I, what? And you know what's the funniest thing about that is... Catch wants to quit the moment he gets accepted into the program because when they That's get the letter, he's like, "I don't know if we should do this." He's like, "Why do you applaud?" Yeah, yeah. There, what are you doing, man? Yeah, there seems to be a, a a missing character motivation where he's afraid to fail. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's I, I feel like that's what they're going for, but it's just never really explored much. And I yeah. think that's the reason why it's like it does, it brings hollow of him being like, oh, they're going to quit. Uh, and it's, it's never explored why Sonny is such a fuck up. Yeah, I just think he likes fucking up. Yeah. He doesn't want those responsibilities, man. He says nuts to the rules, bro. <laughs> but he's the guy at the, in the beginning who talks catch into into playing. Like, oh, yeah. what do you want your whole life mapped out, man? Sometimes you got to take a chance. And like, he's kind of the, the pillar. He's the rock there. And yeah. then, no, he's just a huge fuck up. Yeah, it should be the other way around. It should be uh, uh, Sonny is like, well, why do I want to go to this team? I got everything I need right here in San Diego, man. Got women, volleyball, the beach, beautiful. What do I need Surf, to go there for? Surf's up, man. Yeah, and then, you know, Catch is like, well, when are you going to grow up, Sonny? You know, this is a chance for us to do something with our lives, man. And it's like, how about we flip for it? Yeah. yeah. Heads we go, tails we don't. Oh. Why does why does Catch try to stop Sonny from flipping the coin? I have no idea. The guy, do you have any idea? <laughs> oh, the no. I think it was failed comedy. There's a lot of failed oh, comedy. This they, movie. I think that was one of the. You know what's another? And may, I don't know if you guys picked this up, but when Newt, Steve, and Catch are in the ice cream parlor and they're trying to communicate with the uh, the waitress there, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like missed dialogue or missed cues there yeah, yeah. Th- that's a missed opportunity of comedy i think yeah. uh, i'm trying to think of another another spot where they were trying to be funny and they the scene where they're trying to read the letters in the beginning they of like when they're on the beach it's like hey sonny here's your letter and then oh, he's yeah, like yeah. oh awesome everybody's uh, like oh what's the letter and we wait for like two minutes before we finally find out what the letter is did any of you get Miami Connection flashbacks? <laughs> I got a letter from my <laughs> I think just the overall look and feel of it definitely had that uh, Miami Connection uh, uh, vibe to it, I would say, right? I got thrashing vibes from the beginning. Ooh, thrashing. Remember when we reviewed movies like Thrashing? Mm, that was a good one. Those were good times, right? <laughs> so, Spiker from 1985 directed by Roger Tilton, who up until this point only made documentary shorts. That's it. That's most of his filmography is documentary short subjects. Uh, stars. Marvel? I don't know. It stars Michael Parks, Patrick Hauser, Stephen W. Burns, Christy Farrell, Christopher Allport, Ken Mickleman, Joe McDonald, and Natasha Schneider. Has an IMDb score of 2.6 and no Rotten Tomato score whatsoever. 
no audience, no critics. And I couldn't find budget or box office for this movie. Not surprising. Yeah. Michael Parks, obviously the only real actor in this movie. Yeah. And he, it, he was with uh, a bunch of um, Kevin Smith movies, right? Like Tusk and uh, yes. Red State, I think. Yeah, he was in those two. He was in a few Tarantino movies. Um, I think he was in both halves of Grindhouse, I want to say. Okay. As well as Kill Bill. Oh, Kill Bill. That's right. He was in Kill Bill. Yeah. And he was the bad guy in Death Wish 5. Death Wish 5. Wow. Death Wish 5. That's one of my favorites because Charles Bronson is like 90 years old and he doesn't even match his stunt double at all. So it's just... Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... Back before this was a um, weekly podcast, we were doing it about monthly, and then I was doing articles called "They Call This Movie Two, and I did I did uh, Death Wish Five, The Faces of Death, can as I, an article. Can I just mention, Guy and I have talked about the entire Death Wish saga at <laughs> at work. Yes, and nice. this is what this is just a taste, Ant. I'm telling yeah. you, uh, usually on Fridays, it's it's dead. Guy will come in and he'll just recommend movies and and just bang out all of these these like little uh, tidbits about these movies and I'm I am in awe of the stuff that he comes up with and I because then I'm just trying to keep up with him you know like oh oh yeah yeah for sure and like I guys just blowing me out of the water here <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles Bronson was 71 in Death Wish five Oof. and they worked around it by <laughs> I'm reading my art my article uh, one of the Guys he kills is killed by a poisoned cannoli and a remote, another guy by a remote controlled soccer ball. So that yes. one, yeah, from what I remember, was pretty good. You, you got to get creative in your old age. <laughs> yeah. When you got doddering 71 year old Charles Bronson, not doing stunts, you got to try and figure it out. Did, you know, did we talk about, Oh, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm realizing more and more that, that Charles Bronson in this movie is just Kevin from Home Alone, like a grown-up version of Kevin, because he also <laughs> creates death traps in, in Death Wish 3. So maybe he's just Kevin, older. Yeah. <laughs> did we talk about the, uh, when we were discussing Death Wish, did we talk about the um, the critic uh, bit? Oh, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it, but I love that scene where I wish I was dead. <laughs> I wish I were dead. <laughs> yeah. I forget which is that Death Wish like thirteen or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to get into the plot? Sure. Dan, what do you got for us this week? All right. Well, if you, my friends out there, like top ten lists just like me, I have the perfect podcast for you. You've heard me talk about it on this podcast every week. It's the top ten with Tia. Go over to geekvibesnation.com, search top ten with Tia. Our good friends Tia and Brittany break down their top ten lists of the week. Go give them a follow on Twitter at TC underscore Stark and at Itty Bitty Brit and uh, enjoy those top 10 lists. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to the messages from friends of the podcast. and We will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, 
links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into plot four, Spiker. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We open on some all-American dudes just playing some beach volleyball as dudes will do. Another dude drives around San Diego in a Jeep as the credits roll. He has a letter that seems important that he reads before he heads out, and then he picks up a couple of girls on the way to the beach. Eventually, they pick up another dude with a surfboard, and they roll up on the beach. Their driver, whose name is Ketch, makes his way to the beach as he gets greeted by a bunch of beach bunnies. They beach a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, his buddy Sonny is waking up at 11 a.m. with a naked girl beside him. Gets dressed, leave, and writes down her number as he heads out to the beach. Again, to beach. But you know Make- what's funny? You, you say beach a lot now. I don't think you have to mention it ever again in this movie. Yeah. 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 Not going to come up much yet. But I have one more. He gets greeted by a whole bunch of beach bunny babes. Uh, catch hands. Up there, though. That's nice. Yeah. So he catch, catch hands him the letter, and Sonny opens it, and he's very happy. And then they really play up about all this and everybody gathers around and it takes him for fucking ever to read it but long story short he gets offered a spot in the men's national volleyball team in a shot at the olympics as the beach babes celebrate the news catch and sunny walk off on their own sunny unsure if he wants to go to the national team catch is unsure too because he's afraid of failure then sunny tells him it's the only time when how are you going to know basically if uh, you were any good if you just don't try so they decide to flip a coin for it and winds up coming up heads. So they decide to go. Meanwhile, another guy, Steve, finds out he's been selected and thinks about leaving medical school in order to join the team. Just, just got to go for your passions of volleyball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Passion. Like like if it was medical school versus uh, a, a volleyball, I, I know where I would go. I, I, like, yeah. I, I'll live that sweet volleyball life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. at least Ken Jeong left to become an actor, you yeah. know? <laughs> he, he followed he was, a, a big dream he was also like an established doctor too he so he already probably had like ton plenty of money That's this guy's like point. starting out his residency it's like i am two hundred thousand dollars in in debt from student loans i don't know how much it would have been 1985 but uh yeah like he's drowning in two thousand dollars worth of student loans yep and then he's just like i'm gonna go play some volleyball and then uh-huh. get cut from the team yeah <laughs> just remember kids don't follow your dreams because yeah. they might get crushed 
Yeah, that's the other thing that and his his exit from the movie is missing, like the part where he catches up with Catch, right? And he's like, ah, man, I bet you could if you could do it all over again, you wouldn't drop out of medical school. And then, you know, Steve says, no, man, I got, you know, I tried, didn't make it. But you know what? At least I said I tried. Right. That, you know, that's the capper. Instead of talking to some random ass kid on the beach, he could have been talking to Steve. Oh, yeah, that would be perfect. And then <laughs> oh, he could have met Marcy and they could have gotten married and he could try again for six more years. <laughs> I totally forgot about that totally pointless conversation that Ketch has on the beach with the kid <laughs> about his grandfather who almost made it to the Olympics. Yep. Uh, the first practice to meet their coach, Coach Domes, and he gives them shit for showing up late and for not dressing appropriately. And he seems like a real hard ass and tells them he wants to win, but they're going to win as a team. Practice starts with some sprints. Another member of the team's wife shows up. Uh, That guy's name is Newt, and he really doesn't want his wife hanging around. And she reads him a letter from a female fan that came in the mail asking to take Newt out for some drinks and to have sex. Yeah, Newt is a real hot commodity, apparently. Well, it's funny because like, I was listening to that. and, And you can attest to this. It's pretty much the same fan mail I get. Yeah. I mean, I I usually delete these emails in the in the uh, in the Gmail no, I, account. I check but... them though. I check. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Newt is is the Dan Aquino of this movie, is what they say. It, it's it sounds so phony the way it's written. To I would really like to get to know you and have a drink and then sleep with you because you're Did the I... best looking person on the team. All right, I think Newt wrote that probably. <laughs> And, but that's also not a thing that, yeah. like, you think that would be a, a storyline of, like, Newt's, like, you know, sleeping sleeping with women on the side. Right. Nope. No. Yeah, he's he's pulling a Roger Dorn in a major league. Yeah, but nope. No, he's, he's by not. all accounts, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah he's very boring. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's very boring in this movie. Right. They have no interesting quality. Like, Sonny's oh. the most interesting person because all he wants to do is fuck. Yeah. You nailed it, dude. Everyone here is boring. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just hit me now. That's why this movie suffers cuz no one's exciting. Yeah. Well, the coach then shows off one of the pieces of training equipment, the Russian leaper, which is basically just some tension ropes tied to a, to a base to act as resistance when they jump, and Sony Sonny gets absolutely washed by it, but Newt shows him how it's done. Then we have some guys doing all sorts of different training exercises. And the guys all go to the soup plantation, which I'm not sure if it's a pun or not. If it is, I have no idea what the pun is. Uh, I no. Again, it's another attempt at a joke, I guess. Yeah, at least there is like actually a a place in 1985 San Diego called Soup Plantation. It was just like, yeah, we're stuck with it. Um, Newt prepares himself some raw eggs and gives Sonny and Catch some tips on how to survive on the team. Then a grad student named Pam Howard comes over and talks to the guys. Apparently she hangs around the team a lot because she's doing her thesis that is somehow related to volleyball. She says a really complicated thesis, um, but she's just doing her fucking thesis on volleyball players. Come on. You know what it should have. You know what the joke should have been? At one point, it's revealed that Newt's nickname is Thesis. She just says she's doing Newt. She's doing Newt. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, it's like every it's like the it's like a Twilight Zone episode where just the thing about Twilight Zone, the big twist in this Twilight Zone is that everyone just thinks volleyball is the most interesting thing. Right. <laughs> this movie wants to so badly be Rocky. Yeah. I wonder if the, is this is this volleyball propaganda? 
was there I, were was there a, a Olympics coming up and the US funded this movie to just try to drum up some interest in the American volleyball team? But what's so funny about it is that they, they're trying to encourage people to be interested in volleyball, but they lose interest in volleyball and it becomes a hiking movie later on. Yeah. It becomes that movie Survivor. Yeah. Was there a night was there a Summer Olympics in 1986? Or what's no, the movie? 84. So it would have been 88 would have been the Summer Olympics. Where was that? What's the movie with the Brazilian soccer team? That's Survive, isn't it? Alive. Alive. That This movie becomes Alive halfway through. Okay. Yeah. Volleyball at the 1988 Summer Olympics. Let's see. Did we win gold? Um, I don't know. This is just the rosters. Uh, let's see. Who won gold? Men's Volleyball. 1988 Summer Olympics. How great would it be if it was like no information at all? It's like all been deleted. No one cares if they've won or lost. I would love it if you did find a link and you opened it and it was a 404 error. <laughs> United States won. We did it. We did it. U.S. So Soviet Union won the silver and Argentina won the bronze. Now, that would have been great if we actually saw this U.S. men's team play the Russians. Right. But we don't. We see them play the big bad Polish yeah, our sworn I, enemies. I have. I am. I. I'm going to say that this movie was created just to drum up support for the men's volleyball team. This oh, was a fun. This is a fundraiser idea. But a whole four years earlier. Uh two. So this oh, came two, out. Okay. Uh, so three actually. 1985. This came out right. Okay, I thought it was 84, but I could be wrong. No. Oh, you know that's really smart because then you could play it in high schools and then get kids to get into volleyball exactly practice for the oh wow and mm-hmm. so that's why they have the they have the character who's banging all these random chicks like mm-hmm. see guys if mm-hmm. you train hard you could be like sunny yeah the whole the whole message of the movie is you'll never know unless you try and that's right. what it is it's like this hey kids look how cool the stylized ending <laughs> is with all these guys in the in the u.s olympic uniforms yeah, was, are they, don't you want to be these guys? Aren't they at the end in the stylized ending? Are they playing the game in their uniforms? Like the like the sweater, not the sweater, the um they're like polos. Oh, they're polo they played in polos? I think I think so. Really? That's an odd choice, but it's like, you know, it's the co- like collared like polyester shirts. Okay. For some reason I thought they were wearing their track jackets when they were playing. I don't think so. Okay. I, I it was hard to tell that that like that sepia tone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's def- I I'm going to say right now, that's the reason why this movie exists. And if anybody, any of the makers of Spiker want to contest that, I will love to have them on. So uh, but then Catch asks if they could have. Di- uh, so sh- so this girl comes up and she and Catch know each other. They used to date a year and a half ago. Catch asks her if they could have dinner together and she gives him the address and then they all leave soup plantation without cleaning up their table. And it really seems like it's the type of place where you have to bust your own tray. So I, that stuck with me. That, that's just showing you how much they're all assholes. Yep. They're like, oh, let's, let's just get hot, out of here. Those yeah. hot shot volleyball players. <laughs> I also wrote a note at this point saying, is this a sequel to something? Because they're talking like there was a previous movie. Right. Where, yeah. where all the characterization was from that movie. And we're just watching the follow up. And... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, the guys go back to the facility for the meetings with the coach. Catch goes in first while Sonny tries to find an apartment. But eventually it's Sonny's turn. He goes in. 
Immediately, the coach starts giving Sonny shit. Asks him why he wants to be on the team, and Sonny says to go to the Olympics. Coach doesn't feel like it's a good enough answer. Coach then tells him that he's a good player, but he has to figure out what he wants out of volleyball and that everything he does represents the team. I can't imagine ever having the response to why do you want to go to the Olympics being I don't know. (laughs) That's never right. That's never been the answer. No. Yeah. Because the answer is usually because this is like the upper echelon athletes. This is how we prove ourselves. I want to be the best of the best. Not, well, I don't know. Seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Nothing else this weekend. So, (laughs) yeah. I think one of his, his responses that he just wants, he wants to win. And the coach is like, well, what if you lose? And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know they talk about that at the beginning of the episode or the episode, the, uh, the movie. Like, because oh, Catch is like, well, what if we lose? What if we lose? And he, I thought he had an answer for that. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's just poorly thought out. Yeah, well, the writers didn't remember either. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then sends Sonny on his way with a list of potential apartment rentals and a job that the staff had founded for him, which I don't think he ever goes to. He never goes to his job. And at Pam's place, Catch and Pam have dinner, which Sonny was supposed to be invited to, but is running late because he's late to everything he goes to. Catch and Pam talk about what their lives have been up to since they last saw each other. Pam gives gives Catch shit because he doesn't seem to be doing anything in life to get himself to the place where he is doing what he wants to do. Essentially, he's going to get a meaningless job and settle down without pursuing his dreams. I got a question about this scene, and I wrote a note about this, and I wondered if any of you agree with me. That pasta looked terrible. Did anybody agree that it looked (laughs) really bad? Yeah, I I didn't notice. I'm sorry. did not look great Mm-mm. then Sonny shows up and announces that his job is at a hotel and then we immediately cut to a training montage at the gym that is the last we'll ever hear here about Sonny's job and yeah, is, this point. The, is this the training uh, montage where they're breathing underwater they're holding their breath yeah yeah when Sonny is this is. ever gonna come up in volleyball like like are they playing on a beach that gets flooded a lot when are you gonna need to hold your breath I feel like there are better ways to like try to increase your lung capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's not the most important thing when it comes to volleyball. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think that if you, anything you want to, you want to build endurance, but you know, you, you do your sprinting, you, yeah. you're, you're running and yeah, but in the, in the gym, I don't think you need to do these next level uh, training exercises. Yeah. The jumping is fine. The, the right. and mountain sense. climbing, of course, you, you got to mountain climb if you want to yeah. be a good volleyball player. That, yeah. That's just that's common knowledge, really. <laughs> uh, the team's working out the training staff and then catch a pan, go walking on the beach. And later, Newt goes home and gets shit from his wife for never being home. Tells him she wants him to grow up and he should quit the team because their life has been stagnant for six years that he's been on the team. He tells her they're going to win a medal in this year and says that she wants to start a family and have a husband that's home and spend time with her. I have another note that at some point Newt says he's 33. Are we in agreement that Newt is like 40? Yeah. Well, yeah, all right? these guys are in their 30s, regardless yeah. of what they, they want you to believe. <laughs> I thought Newt would have been much. Newt's old seemed like he was older, which yeah. was funny there. I think it was the trip to it was during the Poland game. He's not in the game. He's like behind the coach the entire time, which I just thought was hysterical. He's like literally giving up his marriage so he could be on this team and he's not in the game whatsoever. He's an alternate. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it just dawned on me. So he's been doing it for six years, right? Yeah. Summer Olympics are every four years. Yeah. So he's missed out on the Olympics once. Just once. It's not like he's missed out on three Olympics. Yeah. You know, you got to give a guy some time. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, like. She's that's the thing. She's got nothing going on in her life. That's that. I think that's what it boils down to. Right. Yeah. She's bored. She's bored. She has a B.A. in art history, which you can't do anything with. I love that. They have a dig at that. But that's such a nice dig at like, hey, kids, if you get a B.A. in art, you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you and your liberal arts degree. (laughs) Oh, it's such a good dig. Yeah. (laughs) And then she goes, she does try and go out to like a bar and she immediately gets sexually harassed by a drunk. What happened there? Another tonal shift in this movie. Yeah. Come on, baby. I'm just trying to fuck. <laughs> fuck her. <laughs> I think it was like, I, love first, I think I felt like the first time that like they dropped a fuck in this movie. It just oh, yeah. felt so uncomfortable. It's like, man, didn't I, I love fuck in this movie. <laughs> I love that that's all ADR, too. So, so, yes. so there's the director just making up shit. Like, oh, shit, what was supposed to happen in this scene? Uh, she's running away. Okay, I'll just I'll just say insults to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yell at her. It's probably the director, too, his voice. Well, Come it, on, baby, I'm just looking at a fuck. I, I remember, throughout the, this movie's rated R, but nothing, yeah. I mean, you see, you see bare butt at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. and then you don't hear any cursing until... Sonny is with the two uh, the two chicks in Japan yeah. who are asking who he's going to fuck first. Yep. And that, I just remember, like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, there is something jarring about ha- like a movie that is not relying on it and it's not very common. And then all of a sudden it just comes up and it's just like, just, yeah, yeah, don't like it. You, Either you do it or don't. That's you got to establish it early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the kind of movie we're in. Like, like, imagine if you're watching Goodfellas, and for the first hour and a half, there's no cursing, and then all of a sudden they just start dropping f bombs every other set. Like, it it becomes the Goodfellas that we know. It it yeah. would still be jarring. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like, where did this come from? Yeah, like, why? It, it served nothing to this movie. Yeah, it just it feels so vulgar in a movie like this for for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. At the next practice. Sonny spends too much time in the trainer's room getting taped up, so the coach makes an example of him, and at the end of practice, by having him return ball after ball that the coach hits at him. It's really dramatic, and it actually doesn't seem that bad, but this movie treats the coach like he's J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Catch goes to Pam's that night, and they argue about what the coach did to Sonny during practice. He thinks the coach was out of line, but she says the coach is building the best team made out of the best men, and there's no room for prima donnas. I'm not quite sure what her attachment is to the coach, but it comes off as a little hero worshipy. He does mention that, right? Yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? Catch calls her on it, but immediately apologizes and they kiss and make it up. Sonny, meanwhile, is sitting in the bathtub at the apartment, calling a bunch of girls in his little black book, trying the same lines over and over again. And every time he's getting rejected. But eventually he gets a girl to accept his booty call and he tells him she'll be he'll be right over. Next morning, he gets dropped off by the girl about 30 seconds before the team bus was going to leave without him. The coach then tells him to strip down on the bus and put on his suit before they reach their destination because he needs to look like a presentable young man. Team sets out on a national tour to play some international teams. We're 40 minutes in and we finally get some volleyball. By the way, 
I love that the volleyball in that scene is clearly from something else. Like they just cut it into the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like actual it's not, teams not playing or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a montage. We bear. It's real. Like calling this our first scene of volleyball is being, you know, forgiving. Really. Yeah. Because it's we don't see any sort of results or anything like that. It's just volleyball. And as far as we know, those games mean nothing. They're just like it's like yeah. a tour, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's like an invite, like an exhibition tour or something like that, because doesn't seem to have any effect of of anything in terms of placement. Or I do. I guess I do say that they dropped from they went from 19th ranked to 10th or something like that. OK, so I guess it, yeah, it's like preliminary stuff, right? They wind up at a beach volleyball tournament, but they can't participate because they would lose their amateur status. And they I feel like that scene was just there to let us know that. Yeah, that doesn't really have any yeah. <laughs> any weight in the movie either. Yeah, it was just I guess it was just to set the difference between being on the circuit and being in on the team going to the Olympics because we because eventually that's what Sonny's going to do. You know, so I yeah, have I another theory about this movie that just hit me. The director used to do documentaries. Could this just be old documentary footage from volleyball games that he couldn't oh, use? Could and be. now he's made a movie out of it. Could that, be. Would be, that would be a good idea, right? He's like, I have all yeah. this footage. I'll make a movie. Yeah. Back at Soup Plantation. I don't get that pun. <laughs> Newton and his wife fight over Newt going to Japan and she being left alone that you can't find a job with a bachelor's degree in art history. So she storms out. <laughs> I, I gotta say, my favorite part in the scene is there's a cut, there's like constantly cutting back to the coach, and he gives a look that, like, you know how you have a coach who says, if you have any issues, come to me? He clearly gives a look like, no, do not yeah. come to me <laughs> if you're going to things. You keep the fuck away from me if you have he, problems. He yeah. he does the, uh, puts the newspaper up in front of his face, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not here, I'm not here, you don't see me. Yeah. Marital problems not in the job description. All right, I'll help you with your your spike. I'm not here to help your marital problems, buddy. <laughs> it's like you're 33. Figure out your own. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're a grown ass man now. Uh, then cut to them arriving in Japan and taking on the Japan team, and we immediately montage away from actual volleyball being played. They win, I suppose. And after they get mobbed by giggling Japanese girls. They have a team dinner at a sushi restaurant with some Japanese officials, which Sonny is not at. Ketch sees Sonny as he walks into the restaurant, drunk as a skunk with two girls on his arm. Ketch tells him to just say he's sick, but Sonny goes into the room and makes a fool out of himself in front of the coach and the Japanese officials. Meanwhile, Newt's wife is trying to go out on her own while Newt is in Japan and immediately gets harassed as she tries to get a drink at a bar. By the only other person in the bar. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there, there's no, no, like, no way you could play that off or anything. It's just, it's you and him. You're, yeah. you, there's no one that he can go to. And also, he's like screaming really loudly that, like, I want to get fucked. I want to get, but shouldn't you yeah. just turn away the moment you hear that? Like, I don't right. even go to the bar. Just walk out of the place. There's only yeah, one he's, guy there. <laughs> he's like yelling at the bartender how he wants to get laid. Yeah. So like, I don't know what the hell to do for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm the bartender here. Yeah. But I mean, that's bad. Like, that's a bad job of her not picking up red flags immediately. Yeah. And I'm not trying. I, I know that sounds like victim blaming. I'm not. I'm just saying she should have seen that. Like, all right, this clearly I should not be here. I'm just going to turn around and leave. Yeah. You got to feel the energy of that dude. Right. 
The next morning, Ketch calls up to Sonny's room to get him to come down before the team leaves, but he doesn't, and the team gets on the plane without him. Back at the training facility, Sonny's ready to quit because the coach is about to lay the hammer down on him with punishment drills. Ketch tries to talk him out of it, but then he gets called, but then Sonny gets called into the coach's office. Sonny supposedly wrote a letter to the coach apologizing, but the coach says he doesn't accept his apology. Tells him that his behavior is unacceptable, as, and as long as he's on the team, he's going to behave the way that is becoming of a team player. So Sonny gets mad about all the co- coach's rules, so he decides to quit and storms out of the office. Again, he's rebelling against the rule that he shouldn't get super drunk in Japan and miss the team flight back to the the Americas. So And, and bring bookers to the table. Yes. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like a pretty standard rule. Yeah, I, I guess remember, Sonny's just not a team player. No, he's not. I remember when my my college coach told me that he brought me in like, listen, Dan, I only got two rules for you. You show up on time and no hookers. <laughs> I was like, you know what, coach, up yours. <laughs> tired of your rules. <laughs> I've had it up to here with your rules. <laughs> when do I get my gun? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And back at Pam's, Ketch is mad at the coach for letting Sonny quit. And Pam says he had to, like, Ketch, just for one, once, I want Ketch to be like, yeah, Sonny fucked up. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh. really riding Sonny's dick in, this, in yeah. this movie. Like, I get he's your, that's your friend, but you have to realize when your friend messed up. Yeah, I, I, he's just looking for any excuse to quit. Like, I'm pretty sure the next statement was, Coach didn't really tip that restaurant Waiter, I can't work in this team. Like he's not a good tipper. <laughs> I, I, how can I play for a bad tipper? Yeah, he only left ten percent. I sneezed before. He didn't even say bless you. Right? Yeah, that's you. You guys were one hundred percent right. It's just him looking for any excuse to walk away from this team without feeling guilty. You know, like he's the quitter. No, no, it's the coach's fault. Yeah, and then at the end, he has the like. I think Coach calls Sonny a coward, and if Ketch would leave, he'd be a coward too. Like, no, you're a coward for never for not letting your, yourself get close to us. That was <laughs> yeah. You were afraid of getting close to us. You wet your pants if you ever did. What are you talking <laughs> are you about, talking man? About? This is such a leap of logic. Right. It's not the coach's job to get close to the players. That's not that's not the relationship you have there. In fact, yeah. a lot of coaches have gotten very much trouble for doing just that. Really That's a good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with being friendly towards your players, but there's still that I'm the the authority figure here. You mu- you have to listen to what I say or you leave. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just yeah. It's he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. No, he's, he's done too. nothing wrong. Yeah, he's more affable than like. Bill Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) And he gives much longer responses than Bill Belichick. Yeah. No, I I think, again, for a movie, and they try so hard to make you feel as if, yeah, this coach, he's he's really tough on his players. It's kind of unfair. He's getting angry that one of the star players is slacking off and the other player is is not living up to his potential. Right. And. And then Ketch aggressively stirs a bowl of ice cream. And the coach then sends the guys on a team-building outward-bound hike in the mountains. And not like a gentle hike. We're talking like ice picks in the face of a mountainside, which seems a little dangerous to have 12 inexperienced volleyball players mountain climbing. 
And that night we meet up with the guy, Steve, again, that one that quit his residency to play volleyball. Catch confides in him that he's thinking about quitting the team. Steve just tells him he needs a stake and some sleep. Catch and Pam then watch a news report about the trip hike, the, the team hiking trip, which must have been the slowest fucking news day of all time. That seemed confused the fuck out of me. I was like, <laughs> what, what the hell is broadcasting a volleyball story? Like, was it ABC? Wild Wars? No, that was in the daytime. That This is clearly night. What, what are yeah, you watching? Like evening news, the San Diego yeah. evening news. It, it, but it's it's weird again how you know they're they're, they're talking to the coach and he's like yeah you know you know it wasn't the most fun trip but it, you know I'm really proud of them and then catch turns it off like oh that's just for that's just propaganda what what propaganda who is he trying to sell here yeah uh, gets catch gets mad because the coach is interviewed Pam tries to make him feel better by having sex with him and then they fuck by the way Pam. And catch very attractive people. Do you agree that they have the worst sex ever? Like, like I, my theory is that fade is all of it. That's that's actually their their sex together with that fade cut. It's done. <laughs> it's, it's over. At the very least, it's very yeah. vanilla. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Their sex scenes, right? There's no build up to it most of the time. Like he's complaining about the coach, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "All right, well, let me take your shirt off. That'll make things better." What? <laughs> That 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 me complaining about my coach does not equal sexy time. It's it's me trying to vent. I feel it would work on me. If I'm being completely <laughs> yeah. honest. I don't know. So man. if I was like ugh, really stressed out about work, and my wife was like, "I'll, I'll just take your pants off." I'm like, oh yeah. Well, you know what? I'm starting to feel a lot better. Well, now I'm not as stressed. Let's <laughs> <laughs> look it up. <laughs> what coach? Uh, then the team sets off to Poland for the international tournament. The coach lets them know that the other teams play for keeps. The other teams that they have played previously were not playing for keeps. What were they? They were playing for a, a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> playing for leasing. Yeah, that's what they were playing for. This is more uh, of a hobby for us. We don't really play that hard. Yes. And they take on Team Poland, and it's so fucking dull. It's not even shot particularly interesting. But no, meanwhile... It, it's, it's a weird game, because Team USA goes up six points like right off the bat mm-hmm. and then they don't score another point for the rest of the game yep yeah i i think and you correct me let me know what you guys think i think it would have been much more effective if say they go up like 13 to nothing right and instead of putting their foot on the pedal like you know really like putting putting the screws to the polish team they kind of just relax like oh yeah, we got this We're, we only need two more points and then they just they Poland scores fifteen unanswered, you know, because then yeah. it would make more sense. Like, hey, like you guys think you're hot shots, you know, run laps, and then like, oh, coach, he's such a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like they got washed here by Poland, fifteen to six, and then they play Poland again at the end, and they win. They, yeah. yeah, even better. But instead, we got that stylized montage of players playing volleyball against the backdrop of black. And that we don't even get to see them play in the in the Olympics. I feel like the movie just ran out of time. <laughs> Probably time and money. Yeah. Right. Like, oh shit! I forget. we're supposed well, to film an Olympic scene here. Well, my 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 whole thought process through the whole scene was like, where is this shot? Because it's clearly not in Poland. Like, what rec center? <laughs> they take right. out. To right. Because it didn't take that lot. I, honestly, it convinced me. And you, like, it's that the '80s. I just believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen what it was like in the Cold War. Yeah. Sure. It's Poland. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Poland not make the 1988 Olympics, just FYI. Well, that's a shame, I guess. <laughs> they played so hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, in the stands, there's a woman we keep seeing but don't know who she is. And then there's this guy with a hat and a mustache looking suspicious. In Poland. Quick, but... I, I don't know what you guys thought. I thought he was like a talent scout. I thought it was going to be Sonny. <laughs> For some reason. He he gained 40 pounds. Yes. <laughs> when he first walks into the, the gym, I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this guy wearing a disguise? I was like, that can't be Sonny, is it? That's hilarious. With the uh, the the glasses and mustache. Yeah. Take it off. Hey, guys, it's me. <laughs> Good luck out there. Wait, the guy is supposed to be incognito. Like, I would notice somebody with a curly mustache immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. dressed in the black suit. It's like, that's like you, you're drawing more attention to yourself than anything else. He he definitely stands out in the crowd. Yes. And Poland starts scoring some points, and one of the USA players gets the ball right to the face. I Eventually. forgot about that. <laughs> it was great. No well, need for just it. part of that game. Yeah. Yeah. No need. It doesn't really have any. It doesn't come up again. Nope. Eventually, Poland wins 15-6. to six. So to celebrate, I suppose, Newt, Ketch, and another player go to an ice cream parlor, and they see the woman that was in the stands, and she followed them. So Ketch goes to see where she, what she wants, and he finds out she speaks English because she was a foreign exchange student. She's trying to get back to America, but she says she's trapped. She tells Ketch that she wants him to smuggle some documents out, to the, out of the country for her, for her hiding them in a poster of Tom Selleck, apparently. Uh, he says he'll see what he can do. But the mustached guy was there in the background listening in the whole time. So they go to the airport, and the guys are concerned about what Ketch is trying to do, but Ketch says, don't worry about it, as he obnoxiously licks an ice cream cone. And the guys start going through customs, and the mustache guy comes up and pulls Ketch out of the line and into the security room. They look over his papers and search his bags and unroll the posters to reveal their Tom Selleck posters, but the post the papers aren't in them. The cops start asking about the girl, whose name was Wanda, and Ketch just tell them that he met her at the ice cream parlor and they talked because she knew English. Cops now let him go, packs up his stuff and heads out. And at some point in that scene, the line, Tom Selleck, he's a movie star, is said. Yep. Do you agree with that? Like, he's a TV star. At I, that I, point, I, right, that was Magnum P.I., yeah, I mean, I, he did run away, but I don't know if that was a big hit. I can't think of a movie with Tom Selleck in it. Yeah, I wouldn't consider him. Well, yeah, he's Mr. Mr. Baseball. Yeah, but um, not until uh, not until '92. Right. Yeah. So at that point, he's more of a yeah, he's more of a TV star. Yeah, Three Men and, and a was, Baby haven't come out. Hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, I mean, there's also Myra Beckenridge. I don't know if you've seen that, but he was in that. No. Oh, that's a terrible movie. Really bad. <laughs> So he's he's done two terrible movies at that time period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I again, movie star. Yeah, TV star. That, he's, he's a popular TV yeah. star. It's a stretch to say yeah. movie star at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's one hundred percent TV star. Yeah, because he's yeah. got all his credits besides a couple of movies at this point are TV series. I guess Catch could see the future. Yeah, maybe. You guys are gonna love Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Quigley down under. Remember Quigley down under. <laughs> Um, so the cops let him go he packs up his stuff and heads out he boards the plane and reveals that he hid the documents in the ice cream cone the whole time so clever team then lands back in the US and Newt immediately gets served divorce papers at the airport cold blooded now I thought Newt should be celebrating at this point because I mean 
if two people should not be together, it is Newt and, and yeah, his wife. they they really were not. Comp- and I I think to some degree you're right, guy, because mm-hmm. now it's like he can pursue his dream freely. Mm-hmm. But at the same, like he wanted it to work, I guess. And you did know, he, I, I thought he, he really did try and compromise. I, I, no, I think he, I think he, he did. did. I yeah, he just he just did there and was like yeah, okay. She wouldn't even let him take a shower for Christ's sake. This woman was all over him. Yeah, it was. I think it was just a situation of two people that were incompatible. Yeah, because he yeah. could have, ju- like I said, he could have just easily been like, "All right, this is the last time. If we don't make the Olympics this time, I'll get a job as a real estate agent or something like that." Right. You know, it's she's not she's not unreasonable in what she wants. She wants a family. She wants a house. She doesn't want to be in that apartment anymore. She's being unreasonable in like. I guess the timing of everything is what kind of like gets me the most out of it. Just like yeah. for me, it's like every single day is like, wait, you played volleyball again? <laughs> right. But I, like, I don't really know how long this process happens. Like, so if the Olympics are in 88, is this movie supposed to take place in 88? Or are they trying to qual trying to get onto an Olympic team in like 1985? I don't think that's the case. So I'm assuming this movie's in the future or the past, depending on what you're thinking or that's just it's a different you know it, yeah this is uh i, I don't think they you know. knew. They pretty much thought oh well 86 is probably going to be the olympics right yeah I so it was 84 thought, and 88 yeah no but i thought the producers were just like oh it's going to be next year right it's every two years right <laughs> it's like oh we're fucking early <laughs> well they called it though yeah we won team yeah. usa wins yeah so they they lucked into that i guess mm-hmm. so catch and pam go okay I was going to say they also guessed that it was going to be like this. The the whole Olympic Stadium was going to be pitch black with this glow around every athlete. I don't know how they picked that up, but yeah. they predicted that too. Yeah, that's what that's what happened. Check out the Seoul Games. That's what happened. So Ketch and Pam go for a walk on the beach, and he talks about how the trip opened his eyes to what's going on in the world around him. And he proposes to her, saying he wants to live a normal life with a girl he loves. Super romantic. Catch goes to meet up with Sonny, who's now a big shot professional volleyball player. I have no idea how much time has passed, but now he's rolling in fancy sports cars and getting double teamed by twins. Catch tells Sonny that he might quit the team, and Sonny tries to talk him out of it, telling him that he'll regret not going to the Olympics and that the professional circuit is for a guy like Sonny and not for Catch. That's Sonny. It's hard for me to, if if I'm Catch, it's hard for me to take Sonny's word because he's getting paid. He's surrounded by beautiful women, and he's lounging at the pool. Yeah, Nothing, he he's not making a convincing argument, really. Yeah, <laughs> you guys ever see Walk Hard? Uh, yeah, with the uh, the, the drugs, right? The drugs. <laughs> no, Dewey, you don't want to do this. It makes you feel really good. <laughs> I don't want to get addicted. You can't get addicted. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like something I want to do. All right, come on in. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I feel like that's something like, oh, like catch. You don't want to do this, man. Like you're you're just surrounded by beautiful women all day. Like okay, that it's an odd thing to lead off with, but continue. Yeah, it, and, would, it wouldn't even be less convincing if he was getting blown by the girl <laughs> while he was saying that. Don't make the mistakes I've made. This can happen <laughs> to you. Right, this isn't for you, catch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, yeah, you want to settle down and get married. And... <laughs> Are you guys ready to go to the hot tub? Yeah, yeah. Don't, no, catch. That's not for you. I'm sorry. You gotta. You have to leave. Married guys don't go to the hot tub. Don't worry. But the Olympics. That's that's for you. Yeah, yeah. Best of luck, catch. 
Sonny then talks to a couple of girls and invites them into the hot tub with him. So they go off and do that. So Newt goes to his apartment and packs a suitcase and his wife said she hopes they win and that the Olympics was worth it. He then leaves his keys and he, he leaves his key and they he leaves. And they more or less that's kind of amicable. Even though that is kind of like a cutting last parting shot. I hope that the Olympics were worth it. But he takes it in stride, which I thought I, was weird. I wrote that down in my notes. Quote unquote, I hope the Olympics were worth it. What a shitty thing to say to an aspiring Olympic athlete. Yeah. Like, imagine if someone said that to like Usain Bolt before he became world famous, or like Michael Phelps. Like, I hope it was worth it. Yeah, it, it absolutely. It even if I yeah. fail, it's worth it because I, you have, this is something you have to try to do 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, what, what was it all for? Right. Again, it, it, it's not like trying to become, you know, it's not like trying to become a podcaster, you know what I mean? Where, <laughs> yeah. and I hope in 20 years when, you know, we're, we're 55, I hope my wife is still supporting me doing this if, if we're still doing it. And like, I hope podcasting was worth it, Dan. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Ketch hangs out at the beach and talks to a kid playing volleyball. Ketch is walking around in his Team USA uniform for some reason. Kid says he wants to be on the Olympic volleyball team when he gets older. And Ketch basically uses him as a therapy session as the kid talks about how his grandfather missed an opportunity to be on the Olympic swim team and regretted it for the rest of his life. Back at practice, the coach cuts Steve. So afterwards, Ketch Ketch and Pam talk about how the coach cuts Steve and Ketch says he's over it. Pam tells him that he's looking for an excuse to quit and she won't tell her children that her father was a quitter. Ketch storms out. Ketch goes to a locker room and starts packing up his things. Coach comes in telling Ketch that he's heard rumors about Ketch quitting. And Coach tells Ketch, wow, didn't realize it was going to be tough to say. Coach and Ketch tell him that he, when he thinks about him. Real quick. Yeah. When, when Ketch is in the locker room and he opens up his locker, what is the piece of paper? I think that's supposed to be like the congratulations note. Yeah, I think it's Oh, okay. I thought it was him being cut. Did I miss something? Right, because that's what it was in Major League, right? Yeah, and and Steve gets the uh, a piece of paper. Yeah, so I thought that's what it, it was just like pinned to his uh pinned to his locker. Like, yeah, you're you're cut. And then all of a sudden, the coach has a change of heart for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, obviously not. The coach tells Ketch to tell him what he thinks about him. So Ketch more or less tells t- says that positive reinforcement from Coach would go a long way. Coach calls Ketch a coward. Wow. Or running away, just like Sonny. This alliteration is going to kill me. I was going to say, a lot of C words here. Yeah. And Ketch says that Coach is a coward for <laughs> not letting him too close to the team. Coach then says his son died when he was just 10. And Coach says the hardest part of growing up is accepting that which you never got. By the way, I was so hoping that the coach was going to say his son died in a volleyball accident. That would have <laughs> been so perfect. <laughs> well, what would have happened, do you think? Like, what would be the reason? This is why he was, was so d- detached from everybody. Because if he gets too close to anybody on the volleyball team, he's afraid they may die in front of him. Well, how great would it be, be like, you know, they were coaching. Yeah. And really, they were playing volleyball together. Mm-hmm. And, like, the kid fell off of uh, a cliff because mm-hmm. the, the dad hit the ball too far. What if it was, like, Pet cemetery? It's like, hey, the ball goes to the street. The kid's like, I'll get it just gets like just hammered by a truck. 
before he spikes the ball really, really hard, and it just like explodes the kid's head, like in oh, like scanners, like in scanners. <laughs> and that's where the title comes from, Spiker, because Spiker. He is Spiker. <laughs> that's good. And then you could have had the flashback scene in Poland when the guy gets hit in the nose, and he's like, yeah. and then you just see the coach kind of like freeze. Yeah. It's happening again. <laughs> oh God, it happened again. That be you see. We just made the movie better. Yeah. Perfect. Catch takes some time to reflect on the coach's words at the beach. At the practice facility, the coach announces that they're officially going to the Olympics. And they start practice without catch. Then he shows up and joins practice. And then they're at the Olympics. And even the Polish girl shows up. And then they get stylized shots of what I guess is the Olympics. And we never even fucking see the team really play in the Olympics. Then we have freeze frame ending as they all slap high fives. And that is the end of of spiker it couldn't wow. even give us like a podium shot yeah nope. those medals are expensive like even the fake ones <laughs> <laughs> they could have done what they did in the office and used the yogurt tops <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell from far away we could have made it work yeah it's incredible like this whole all this whole movie is just talking about the olympics and we we don't even get to see them go yeah yeah, it, yeah, it'd be like again in Ma- Major League, the movie Major League. Like they talk about making it to the bigs, and then we never see a baseball game played. <laughs> yeah, uh, oof, this was a rough one, but I am. Thank you so much for bringing this one to us, guy. Very happy to to, to share the love of this movie to everybody <laughs> and all of your listeners. Go go see this. It's on Tubi. It's free. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's definitely <clears throat> worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's it's fun because it doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I've, Guy and I have talked about movies like that where there's something that is intrinsically good about that, where the director is trying to make a good movie but fails spectacularly. You know, at every single level. Yes, <laughs> like every step of the way. It just it's not it, it's not edited well. Like the the audio is mixed poorly at times. Acting is very cheesy, and the soundtrack doesn't match. Because I, I, I on my rewatch of this, I noticed that the whole Newt scene, uh, Newt and his wife scene. There's a song about making love again. I'm like, wait, oh dude, yeah, that? oh, that's when See? the the guy in the bar harasses her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> my favorite part was because well, I had the subtitles on while I was watching this. Of where the moments where the person doing the subtitles was like, I don't fucking know what they just said. <laughs> it's like muffled. I, I it came up a lot too. My my favorite part of the movie was um when they're hiking in the mountains and there's a close up of a blister on Ketch's toe or his foot. Yeah. And it's really showed to be like this drastic it's it's like he broke a bone or something. Yeah. Like, oh my god, this injury is just unsustainable. Like, never is coming he gonna, back from that one. Right. Yeah. Is he is his career gonna be the same? Scarred for life. Scarred for life. Yeah, that's right. Like, what am I doing here? Oh no, the pain. Yeah. Uh, I can't I I can't believe they went on a hiking trip in this movie. <laughs> and, and he, like they had the scene between Catch and Steve where they're like bundled up, and Steve looks like he's on the verge of freezing to death. <laughs> Did you ever do something batshit crazy, Steve? <laughs> Jake Griffin's like, 
was, I was driving home one night and it's pitch black and I hit a kid. <laughs> I, I just kept going. <laughs> no, that would have been a good that would have been a good scene. Because it's like it's like they're coming to terms with their god, you know. <laughs> like we're gonna die on this mountain. Uh yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for Spiker. Um once again, guy, thank you for coming on. It's been a no, pleasure no. to have you on. Um, keep uh, feeding Dan some some movies to watch. Oh, I already have one that I hope you do at some point. So, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, check us out on our socials. If you want to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this, that would help us out a great deal. And, yeah, just listen for the socials at the end. But if you found this podcast, you probably know where to find us already. So that's going to wrap us up this week. The director of Spiker was Roger Tilton. So for Dan Aquino, Guy, and the missing Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Roger Tilton, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.